Hi, Jeremy. Hello, Angela. <laughs> Thanks for having me in your house. I know. Whereabouts in Los I'm, Angeles are I'm we? I'm here now. I mean, <laughs> I was like crazy running around like, welcome, all right, let's do this. Okay. Yeah, thanks. So my friend Vaughn and Seralina introduced me to you saying you're a must chat to when I'm in Los Angeles. I guess so. <laughs> right? That's what they all say. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I guess so, right? So, oh, well, they can be a good thing or a bad thing in a sense because I like to talk a lot and give details. So <laughs> well, you're ready. We're ready. You right. ready? You ready, ready to share, share yes. your journey? Yep, I'm ready to share my journey. I'm so ready to share my journey. Yeah. So, t so tell me, so tell me, um, where, where were you born? I was born in Clovis, New Mexico, but I didn't grow up there. My father was in the Air Force, so I traveled all over the world with him. I was born there, and I went to the Philippines for about seven and a half, almost eight years. Mm. Then Madrid, Spain for four and a half, Guam for three. I came back to the United States when I was 15. And then you're ready. Then I was living in Florida. I left, went to Hawaii, New York, Hawaii, back to Florida, Texas, San Francisco, San Jose, and then now Los Angeles. Wow. So moving around yeah. a lot with work or just. Well, at the time I left home at 17 and I had started modeling. And so originally, yes, I went to Hawaii to start modeling. And then I found an agency in New York. And then that's when I moved to New York. Right. And then as of traveling, um, I ended up falling in love, I left my career, and I went back to Hawaii. And then the rest, I'm just a gypsy queen, so. Mm -hmm. But if I wasn't in this chair, then I probably would be moving more. But I've mm -hmm. settled in LA. Mm -hmm. um, my heart's in San Francisco. Is it? It is, it's still <laughs> there. I love San Francisco. <laughs> and so I've been here for 21 years. So I came here at 21, so I'm 43 now. Gotcha. Yeah. And when you moved here, you said you got this house just before your accident. Yes, I moved. I walked into this house and a month and a half later, I got in my car accident. Whoa. It was crazy because all my therapists came here and they were like, you know, they come to like adapt the house and everything. And they were like walking through like they just said, and you picked this house as if you knew you were going to be in a wheelchair. And um, because all the doors are very wide. And then the only thing they had to do was put a ramp down and then we just ripped out the cabinets where I go under the sink and then that was it. Yeah. Easy. Easy breezy. <laughs> so, yeah. so take me back to that moment and what, what, what happened in the car accident? So in the car accident, I actually was planning my wedding. Right. So I just got engaged and I was two of my bridesmaids with two of them. And we were up in San Francisco because my maid of honor lives in San Jose. So it was Labor Day weekend and, you know, the typical girls having the weekend getaway and my girlfriend Twee, she called shotgun. So she sat in the front seat and my girlfriend Stephanie is the driver and I was sitting in the back seat. So not to get into so many details, but basically what I did was I had put my head down to pray during the car accident. Because what happened was, um, actually, I should rewind and say this part. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> so, you know when you hear that little voice, like, speaking to you to tell you to do something? Yes. So that little voice was talking to me, and it was telling me to put my seatbelt on. So how many people get in the back seat, and they never put their seatbelt on? And I deliberately put my seatbelt on twice, once for gas and once for snacks when we stopped. So three hours into the drive, I had, like, fallen asleep. And then I woke up and my girlfriends were talking. So the story, the, the story started getting juicy that I unfastened my seatbelt, pulled myself forward to get like in the center divider of the two of them. Yep. And then right at that moment was when my girlfriend was going around this mountain, there was like loose gravel and she like lost control of the car. And she had the, the little grooves. She tried to correct the car. She overcorrected. And then that's when the car started violently fishtailing. So when it started fishtailing, I went back in my seat, but I didn't put my seatbelt on because I didn't think I was going to be in a horrific car accident or be paralyzed. And then um, that's when I put my head down to brace myself. So the top of my head hit the back of the seat and it shattered completely to smithereens, my C4, C5, and severed my spinal cord. And I was instantly paralyzed. When the car flipped like four or five times, I was catapulted out of the triangle window flew like this angelic goddess that I am, like 35 feet, landed on the left side of my head, busted it open, saw the white light, came back, woke up in the hospital, paralyzed from the neck down. Whoa. Yeah. That's a huge sequence to yeah. go through. Yeah, especially when you're like an athlete, a motorcycle 
writer to like I started racing motorcycles to a martial artist everything I was just like I was mm. an adrenaline junkie mm. and mm. so you wake up and um, I remember I was like I opened my eyes and I was like looking up at the ceiling and it was like deja vu like it just something was very familiar and I couldn't feel my body I couldn't move anything and I was like first thought was like I'm alive and then I was like okay now the crazy thing is which I could share this with you because I know some of your content on your show but when I was 17 I had a premonition I was gonna be in a horrific car accident but I didn't know I was gonna be paralyzed so again that little voice started to speak to me gave me a whole flash of this vision my father who's from Tampa Florida he sat by my bedside he wrote word-for-word word that vision and I could tell you I'm living it till this day that's yeah. crazy and you've got it written down in that yeah one. and and so you let's, let's go back to the accident for a moment so when when you said you saw the light what was that experience like um that one wasn't as detailed and as extreme as the last time so i've died five times and i've come back what yeah, yeah. so um six years ago i checked out and i went to the other side and there's like what i experienced that time was much more than what i experienced during the car during the car accident it was just I remember seeing like a bright, bright, bright white light. And I remember hearing this voice telling me that everything was going to be okay. And all I remember was I could just think of my ex-husband that I needed to get back. Because that weekend when he had seen me, because he had went up that weekend to San Francisco. When he left to come back to LA, he had verbatim told me, be careful, don't get into an accident or anything like that. And, you know, just, you know, be safe. So all I could think was, oh my gosh, I have to get back because Justin's going to be mad at me. So yeah. He's, he's Justin's who you engaged to marry? No. Yeah, I was engaged, but I yeah. actually had eloped and nobody knew. Oh, right. So it wasn't until I was in intensive care unit that uh, we had shared with friends and family that we actually did get married. Wow. On Valentine's Day. Yeah. And then, so, so you can't remember anything from the process because of the trauma? It, the... As of when I went over to the other side? No, from the or... accident itself. Like, do you, do you just, do your memory wipe that? No. I mean, I remember being in the car and then feeling the fishtailing to, yeah, of course, once I hit my head, that was it. I yeah. knocked out. What I do remember is when I was laying on the side of that road. So I remember I was laying like on the left side of my face and my hands at the time were like open. And when I had woken up briefly, your initial instinct is to like get up, like to push yourself up. Mm. And I remember I was like, I was like trying to push myself up to get up. And I could feel like my whole entire body was just getting heavier and heavier, like lead and like melting into the, the earth. And then I could feel the blood like was gushing out of my head. And my girlfriend at the time, she said that she came to me and I had, I had answered to her when she was talking to me. And I was just like mumbling, like, oh, just go get help, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then what's crazy is there were no cars out there that were following us except for one miles away. And when the lady pulled over to help us, it turned out she was a nurse <sighs> with her husband. So they called 911. When the ambulance came, they, they put me in the ambulance. Uh, the helicopter put my girlfriend Twee um, in the helicopter, and they transport us. They put the trach down her, her throat and the blood started gushing out. So she was dead on arrival. When oh. I got to the first hospital, they found out that I broke my neck. So they're like, no, 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 put her back in the ambulance. So they put me back in the ambulance and then they transported me to another hospital, which was um, Sierra Vista. Yeah, so it was in San Luis Obispo, three hours away from here. And that whole, so then, then those other times you felt like you've died, what's, what, can you tell us about those experiences then? Oh my God. <laughs> you sound like a cat. I know, right? <laughs> I am. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so, oh, so the last time what happened, it wasn't so much of what I, what I felt over there and what I experienced that freaked me out. What freaks me out the most is that I knew about it before it was going to happen. So, yeah, it's crazy. So you've seen the movie Sixth Sense? Yes. Okay, that was me when I was a little girl. So when it clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, like all that, yeah. So, um, yeah. Wow. So I was feeling kind of strange. And I remember I was in my room one day, 
and I had like my hand on top of my head and my nurse came in and I was like, I was like, Bev, I have something to share with you. And she's like, okay, what is it? And I said, I don't know. I don't want to sound morbid or anything, but I have this feeling like I'm going to die. And she's like, what? I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, it's like the same feeling of the car accident. Like something's just off. And she's like, oh, come on, and Like, let's, you know, let's think positive. And I said, Bev, I'm the most positive person that I know. And I said, but every time I, I hear it or feel it, I keep rebuking it, trying to get rid of it. But it's not going away. So Whoa. I thought I told her three times. She said I told her six times. So when it actually happened, she knew right away, like, this is the moment that Angela was talking about. So basically what happened was I was at this workout facility. And back in the day, like six, seven years ago, Christopher Reeves, you know, Superman, mm. he used to walk in this like machine where he was up in a harness and he would like be moving his body like on a treadmill because what scientists believe, do we have to stop because of the helicopter? <laughs> That's all right. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm like so used to being on like set, like sound. <laughs> sound speed. Yeah. Roll, We're all like coming. quiet. Okay, Background action. action. <laughs> It's like, do we have to be quiet? Um, so I was a guinea pig. My girlfriend, they just opened up this facility. She asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. Oh, wow. I went there and I was, I was doing well. Like my gait was good. I was walking and they were like, there was a trainer in front of me, one behind me, one on the ground controlling the machine, one woman on my right leg and a guy on my left leg. They were doing the gait. So anyways, make that long story short, the female trainer was trying to keep up with the male trainer and she hyper extended my knee. So she cracked the bone mm. without me knowing, of course, but my body felt it. So this jolt of electricity went up and my body started bouncing like Pinocchio in this harness. So the harness wedged into my bosom and it cut my blood and oxygen supply off. So, Whoa. you know, when you're young, you play that fainting game. So I know I have about like two minute mark or whatever. So I reached for my, my trainer and I was like, I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down. And I, like, I blacked out. So they told me that I went out, my body immediately stiffened up and my nurse Bev had came in at that time from outside cause she was watching me from outside and she came into the facility. She actually was coming in to like mess with me like run Forrest, run. So when she started seeing that all this stuff was going on, they were like struggling to try to figure out how to release my brakes. They brought me down. They threw me on the table. They were like checking for pulse, nothing. They lift up my shirt, nothing. Then they, my nurse is like, okay, we need to take the harness off, get her on the ground. We have to start CPR. So they did like five or six like circuits or whatever. And she's like, come on, and you can't do this to me. Come on. And all she's thinking of is my, my ex-husband in Vietnam. So anyways, um, why is she I, thinking of him? Because he was in Vietnam working and she's thinking if, if I die, he's going to kick her butt. You know what I mean? Cause mm. it's on her watch. Mm. So when I came back around, I was laying there on the floor and I was like looking around, like, you know, the paramedics is like, what day is it? Where are you ma'am? And you're just like, huh? And mm. I remember like turning and looking at Beverly and I said to my nurse, um, I was there talking to all those people. It was so beautiful. And she's like, yeah, and that's your problem. You talk too much. You should have said hi and bye and come straight back. So, yeah. But what I could tell you, Jeremy, since you asked me, and um, when I shared this with my ex, because we had we'd spoken about it, excuse me, yeah. is that um, the one thing I can tell you is that when I was there, it was the most like, and I don't want to say beautiful because you can't even find any words. And I don't want to say tranquil, euphoric. I sit there and I try to find the word for it, but there's no words that could describe. If you can come up with a word that's like the most beyond beautiful, euphoric, um, blissful, I, I don't know what word would like capture it. Mm. But it was so peaceful. It was so beautiful. The one thing, I had no pain. Because right now while I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm in chronic pain like 24 seven. Like pins and needles, stabbing, electricity, Whoa. all of that. Whoa. You're going by? Oh, you're going now, my love? See you, man. Nice to meet you. Nice Bye, to meet you, too. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. I'll see you. Bye, baby. Bye. See you. I love you. Bye. Bye. See ya.
So, um, so you you said you're currently in all, all no, this pain. No, when I was there, um, when I was there, whatever you want to label it as, heaven, the astral world, whatever, there was no pain in my body. And the thing is, um, I wasn't walking. I was upright. I wasn't in a wheelchair, obviously, but I was like gliding, like I was floating. Okay. And when they say that everything is white, like everything is white, like a beautiful white. And like, you know how when you look at an ocean and you could see the horizon, so everything is like all white and it just cascades like all this whiteness into like a horizon, just never ending, just going. So you're going into that. So I was going into that. And as I was walking or gliding into it, there was this being that was with me, this beautiful white, 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 just illuminating gorgeous thing and I want to say it was male because the energy was very masculine and the face it wasn't like a face like our face but there were eyes like barely a nose and like a slit like of a mouth like almost alien like but not it was just very and it was um the eyes were so beautiful Hmm. And what color um, were they? Or did you could you see color? I think they were like a light crystal like blue. Hmm. And um this being, this guy was like sitting there like telling me things, like explaining stuff, like I don't know if it was life or whatever. And I was like listening, like going with him and listening. But the thing that I remember was What was he explaining? That was the thing. When you say details, and I, I, I know that when there's a traumatic experience that happens to you, you block stuff. So I'm still curious because I feel that I blocked it. And I'm, I try to get with a girlfriend of mine that try to put me under hypnosis to see if she can like retrieve some of it. But I don't, I don't remember anything he was saying. But the thing that I remember though is I asked him a question and I was like, so Jeremy, what's going on? But like my mouth didn't move and I'm looking at you and it was telepathically. And I could hear my voice echoing in my mind, but going into your brain or into your mind, like we were in a chamber and it was echoing. And I was like, oh my God. But I, of course I wasn't moving my mouth. I was like, oh my God, he can hear me, but I'm not moving my mouth. Wow. He can hear my thoughts. Like I was so blown away at the fact I was in the moment of, he can hear what I'm, what I'm saying to him or what I'm thinking to say to him. Do you know what Advanced I mean? Advanced beings. Yeah, so I remember that. And then as he was taking me into the light, there was all these other things that were like, like these people that were coming out of the whiteness. Like there would be white, it's kind of like cloudy, and then they would like walk out of it. And I saw these people like around me. And then what's insane is um, when I came around back into this realm, I remember laying there and one of my, my best of friends, Lucas, was standing by my feet. You know, he's like over me, you know, cause he's waiting for me to come back. And he was like looking at me and he was the first one. Like I remember looking and seeing him now. I don't know if you believe in this, but so sidereal time, like time's going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we're in this realm and there's all these other realms. And then there's the astral realm, which is heaven. Mm -hmm. So as I was in that realm crossing back over, I guess, spiritually, my body coming back into my vessel mm -hmm. when I was there, Let's say Lucas is standing here. In that realm, the person standing in his position, he's standing here, but in that realm, mm. there was a person standing in his spot, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't know who this person was at first. It wasn't until months later. But I remember when I was in heaven looking at this person, that was the last person I saw. So when I crossed over, I wake up and I open my eyes and I see Lucas, okay? You're following mm. yeah, me? Yeah, I gotcha. So, four or five months later, I'm on Facebook. I bump onto Lucas's page. I see this handsome gentleman in a suit. I said, oh my God, that's the guy. That's the guy that I saw. So it was Lucas's like great grandfather or something. What? So I guess I must have. So if that's we're here right now yeah, yeah. and we have our angel, but if I cross over, let's say you're laying there, Jeremy's laying there coming back to life. When you come back to life and you look at me, you probably will see my grandmother when when you do it, yeah, I'm I, totally. Are you following yeah, me? Yeah, okay. It's amazing. I'm trying to explain here. No, that makes total sense. It's like so. your 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 reality 3D experience is seeing you, but then if I cross over now, I can see the lineage. Yes, thank your you. Your lineage. Yes. 
it makes total sense. Yes. The, the closest thing it, it sounds like to me is when people near death experiences sound or death experiences, should we say, sound very similar to what happens when you smoke DMT or dimethyltryptamine. Yeah. Cause do you now that's the thing. Wait, okay. So I know that when your heart stops, it releases a chemical in your bloodstream. It's, it's DMT. Yeah. 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 It's, it's apparently in the child for the first three months of their life. It's a transition hormone yeah. so into, into and out of life. Oh my God. And so that's why babies look that. like they're tripping because yeah. they, they are yeah. for the first three months yeah. of their life. They're fully dimethyltryptamine. That I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so when you die, it's the same thing. It, it floods your body. And this isn't saying that the, the, like you, the scientific or spiritual version of it, I'd yes. say it's it's one of the same. Like you're still transitioning dimensions, or you're you're transitioning out of this body. You're dropping your body, and then you're going into the, you know, it's it's a life as a continuum as mm-hmm. a collectiveness. Yeah. So you you're, you're tapping into, is at least my understanding of it is, and it, so you're tapping into that new dimension, and then you're coming back. It's just this mm-hmm. phenomenal, like mind expanding, mm-hmm. eye widening yeah. experience, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've only smoked DMT once and I didn't I've quite... never smoked it. Yeah. So yeah. obviously I could go there and do that kind of stuff, but. but so, that, so that's the second time. No, that's the fifth and, time. And then, so that was the fifth. When were the other three so, times? Okay, so the first time was when I was born, yep. which I don't remember that, but I had read that my dad said, I guess my heart had stopped or something. I remember reading it somewhere. So I have to ask my mom about this one again, but so I guess my heart had stopped when I was coming out because it was like a really bad pregnancy, like trying to come out into this world. The second time, which I had remembered, was I had drowned. I was like two and a half, three years old. And I didn't grow up with my mom, so all my life I like had these like, I thought like were reoccurring visions of like a dream of drowning. But then when I was 17, I reunited with my real mother. I asked her, I was like, did I drown at one time? And she said, yes. So I explained to her what I had seen, because I had not a body. I remember them taking me out of the water, bringing me back, like I saw all of that. And then the third time, um, I was about six and a half, seven. I had a really high fever of like 104 and I had a seizure and I like checked out. So they had to use the, what, the refibitors, whatever they call them, mm. to bring me back. My dad mm. was freaking out. Like your daughter's like five inches like flying off the table and they're trying to bring whoa, you back. Whoa. That was the, th- the, thir- the third time. Yeah. Then the fourth time was the car accident and then yeah. that was the fifth time. So yeah. Crazy. So my mission is not done here. And um, yeah. So there you go. That's phenomenal. It's crazy. It's phenomenal. So each of those, obviously it's mind expanding experiences when you cross over like that and you, you have a new understanding of reality, the nature of existence. Yeah. How do you integrate those learnings into your life now? Like how, how has that changed you? Oh my gosh. Well, first off, um, I have a sense of peace because I'm not afraid of death in a sense, because I've, I've been there. I know what it is to, I know what I'm going to, you know, what's going to be waiting for me. That I know. I'm going to get all emotional here. And it's, it's interesting I say that because I was a very rebellious girl growing up and suicide was something that I attempted a couple of times in my life. So now that I've crossed over and I've seen, I'm not ready to go. I have way too much work to do here. And so because I know I crossed over, and because I understand, um, not understand, I just have a belief in a knowing that mm. I just feel that we're all here for a reason, right? We're all mm. living. Mm. I truly believe that, you know, life is a gift mm. and that this gift, whatever we do with it is our, is our gift back to the world, to others and to ourselves. So for me, mm. there's just a sense of, I'm trying to find the words because mm. words are so important. Um, not a sense of power, but there is a calmness, a serenity, a peacefulness within me that understands that there's nothing to be afraid of, you know? Mm. And I'm not afraid of anything, and I trust. And the reason why I say this, this is gonna answer your question, okay? Mm. And I'll tell you exactly why I checked out the fifth time. So we did talk about that. I was like that little girl, like Sixth Sense, okay? So I have this thing with angels and spirits and guides and all that. Ken's a bear. Don't dig, baby. Mommy's doing something. Shh, shh, <laughs> okay? Shh, shh, okay? All right, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly Kenzo's why. Kenzo's little dog for people yeah. listening. Yeah. They're like, who's Kenzo? Kenzo's my baby. <laughs> yeah. One of my angels. Scratching, you know, one of my angels. <laughs> shh, shh. So um, 
Okay, so I know, so this is the dealio. This is what, this is why it happened. Okay, so yeah. at that time I was dating, I was kind of hanging out with this guy who was atheist and completely in love with this guy, just everything, just sweetheart, everything. But the one thing that we butted heads was, I'm a very spiritual being. Mm. You take spirituality away from me. I don't know who I am. I'm not Angela anymore. But with him, any sign, anything that happened to me spiritually throughout my whole entire life, any kind of astral body to this, to that, whatever, he had a scientific explanation of why it happened. Mm. Okay? So there I was in my room. I remember I was at my desk. And for the millisecond of a second, I thought, okay, let's pretend there's no God. There are no angels. There are no spirit guides. None of this. All the stuff that's guided me throughout my whole life, there's none of it. None, okay? And I said this to myself. So now, when that all happened, mind you, I was sitting on this porch that Sunday calling all my friends back and telling them, oh, I'm okay. Yeah, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And it was my one girlfriend, Joyce, may she rest in peace. Um, I know you hear me, Joyce. So Joyce was there. She called me up. She's like me. She picks up the phone. What did you see over there? And how did it feel? Like, that's how she said it. And I just started laughing. I said, Joyce, I freaking love you. So as I was describing to her, like what I just shared with you, mm -hmm. my experience over there, that's when it all finally hit me. And I said, oh, I get it. This is the fifth, the fifth, the fifth time. Yeah. yeah. So what it is, is my belief, my understanding, and they're all nodding their head. Yes. When I had that one doubt that none of this stuff exists, my angels were like, okay, what's up? Okay. You don't want to believe in us. All right. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Cool. And then they're telling me, they're warning me like, okay, you're going to die. We're going to make you check out for a second and bring your butt over here so you could see that we exist. So you could see this realm. So you could see what's going on. So you could feel it. So you can know it and never doubt it again. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when that happened, when I was sitting there on that porch explaining to my girlfriend Joyce of what I felt, in that moment in my body, I realized, I said, holy shiza. That all happened because my guides, my angels, whatever you want to label them as, wanted me to check out so I could see all this wonder that was around me. The unknown, the whatever, the power, the whatever you want to label it as. Mm -hmm. And so to answer your question, what you had asked me is because I know it exists and I know that I'm guided and I have all my, my, my one woman army of angels, then... And that's what makes me unstoppable, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You must feel so empowered. Yes, I do. And feel like you know you've, you've, you're back, you've got some um, people yeah. that are back. Oh, yeah. Have got totally. Totally. It's a, it's a good feeling. I mean, you know, naturally, you know, we go through life. My life is not easy. Being a quadriplegic, it's not easy. I make it look easy because I, I get up, I make the choice to be positive every day. When I hit obstacles, I know I'm going to plow right through them. You know, I get around people that are toxic or negative or whatever, and, you know, they lower your frequency and they get you down and you feel dragged or, or drained. Mm. But at the end of it all, I just take a moment, go in and check myself and just know that I just have that power. So can you tell me some of the mental processes or mental strengthening that you've had to do to kind of integrate this? Because these experiences give us greater capability potentiality I guess but then you've got to integrate the experience right because I mean that's it. I'm talking of my experience like yeah. if, I've, if I've been given down had a big download or a real transcendent experience I've been shown that in order to embody it you know but this is the thing Jeremy is that this wasn't my first experience like that right. because like I said um throughout my whole life I've had like different experiences like we could be here all night talking about this stuff from like past life experiences to astral body experiences to out of body experiences um, that weren't decided. Yeah. Like I didn't decide on them, they just happened. The other two astral body, I decided to do that on my own. Like to go see my grandmother and to go see my girlfriend who was in the car accident with me. Those, those are by choice. 
but how do um, you how do you induce those ones how do you go into oh those god that was insane <laughs> this is it feels like you're half in this dimension half in another dimension no you're still yeah you're in your 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 body's there you leave it you're kind it's it's hard to explain it but most of the time you think you're in your head like this is not really happening this is i probably dreamt it or my imagination just so vivid but then when you Oh my God! What do I do? I tell you both of them. Okay. I mean, first of all, let's answer the let's answer the first question. Yes, yeah, sorry, okay? yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's, and then I'll explain those experiences. So back to what I was saying. So right before my car accident, so at 25 years of age, I got to a point where I was so in tuned. I was for the first time in my life, I just embraced my womanhood. I was on top of the world. My ex-husband had brought me to this Buddhist retreat where I learned how to chant. So I was chanting every single day. But what happened was. I got so heightened and awakened where if I walked into a room and I brushed up against someone, all this information would come at me like that. And I would know, you know, like my ex would be like, oh, that guy. And I'm like, babe, um, that guy was molested when he was seven and da 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 blah, 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 blah. And like even now, like I'll be in security at the airport and they're like patting me down and I can hear the spirit screaming like, tell her, tell her. And I'm like, I'm not going to freak her out. I'm not telling her right now. Tell her, tell her. I'm like, oh. So then I'll look at the lady. I was like, don't freak out. But I know that your son fell off the bunk bed this morning and he hit his head. He's just, oh my God, are you a psychic? But I'm like, no, 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 don't call me that. I'm not a psychic. Oh, my. So, so what I'm saying is, so I got so in tuned that after I got paralyzed, Jeremy, it wasn't about me like depressed about, oh my God, I can't walk again. I can't sashay down a runway. I, at that time was like this. I controlled everything with my mouth. I couldn't move anything. If my hand fell off my lap, it would just lay there till you picked it back up and put it on my lap for me. And um, I would go into my backyard for a whole year, every single day, and I would recline my power chair and I would just sit there or lay there staring at the blue sky and every day play the car accident in my head. I could have done this, what if I did that? What if that happened or this or that? Or, And I would question my guides, my angels. Why would you do this? Like I ask God, like why would you do this? Why would you make me so in tuned and then take it away from me? Where I, now I'm in a body, I can't feel any. At that time I couldn't feel anything, nothing. Like you could bite my leg, I wouldn't feel it, okay? So I'm asking, why would you make me so intuitive and so connected and then just take it away from me like that? And it wasn't until the end of that year that I got the answer. And basically they told me that it's for them to, they, not they saying that they did it, but I'm forced to sit still. I'm not a paraplegic. If I was a paraplegic, my booty would be like rolling around. We'd be somewhere, right? Because I could wake up, transfer into a chair, go into a car. I could do my own stuff. But I'm a quad. Like I have to lay there and wait for someone to get me out of the bed. So here it is. They force me to sit still. I can't be that woman, the woman running around doing four things at once. So they're like, had to slow me down, quote unquote, to sit still and to be in my body because now it's not that I lost it, it's now I've got to go within and really harness it and embrace it. It's still there. Mm. It's just I've got to harness it in a way that, in a more powerful, sensitive, connected way, and then to like be like touching up against someone and feeling their energy. It's like a whole other vibe now, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, totally. So when you ask that question, my life, I just, I'm just a vessel now where I just trust that wherever I'm at, I'm just, I'm sharing my light, whatever message I have to share or give, and we're just all here helping each other. And so I just trust that. Like I was just saying to the folks that I, that I, was, um, that I met today, that I worked with earlier before I came here when I shot that commercial, there's a gentleman, we just totally like, totally connected with energy. He came over, I was like, hi, what's your name? He's like, Greg. And he went to shake my hand. I said, can I give you a hug? So I went to hug him. He's like, yeah, yes, I love hugs. And I said to him, I said, you know what? It occurred to me this morning because I was asking my honey if he believes in reincarnation. He's like, oh, well, I was like, how can you not believe in reincarnation? So we got into this whole topic. But I said, because of what I believe, I believe that every single person that I meet, like you and everyone else in my lifetime, we've all met from another time, okay? And... You're just like an old friend or maybe an old partner or an old 
child or, or you know, you need someone, another soul from some other time. And we're reconnecting now for a reason. So I said to this guy, Greg, I said, if everyone would look at it that every single person they meet in their life is actually an old friend from another time and they greet them with a hug and that knowing that you know this person and mm. you have that connection because mm -hmm. there's a karmic debt or something that you have to fill, we would all be more open and dive deeper to know how or why do I know you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So because of this morning, I said, you know what, I'm going to do that now. Every single person I meet when I meet them for the first time, they're an old friend of mine. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So yeah, so that's just... That's how I live my life. I just, yeah, because I sweated so much small stuff, Jeremy. Mm. OCD, neat freak. Um, make a woman paralyzed from the neck down and take away her dexterity and make her seriously OCD. That is crazy. You'll drive yourself insane. What a ch what an incredible challenge. So, oh, my so, God. It, 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 were there key tools like Are you meditation me? and stuff? It's, what? <laughs> it's, it's a phenomenal evolution. I am seriously OCD. People don't know this. <laughs> if I show you my eye calendar right now, you'd freak out. I'm like, health, food, work, friends, manifestations, what I ate, whatever. It's insane. It's all in color and all in. And when I have a calendar in my, in my closet right now that has it, like tiny little writings. This guy wanted to buy it from me. He's like, that's like art. But um, <laughs> what did I do to do it? I just had to let it go because I was bad. Like I had um, like fringe carpet and I had a, a, a comb that I hid underneath the Buddha that if someone walked across the carpet and they messed up the fringes, I would go and grab the comb and be like combing them back out to straighten them out. That's how crazy uh, I was. Uh. And I did my ex's um, medicine cabinet, A through vitamin A through zinc in alphabetical order, all the labels facing outward. Like I'm insane like that. So the day that I was having to deal with this i was sitting in the corner in my living room at that time very paralyzed and looking at my coffee table and there was a stack of papers and magazines and everything and it was so messy and just all distorted and i was like oh my god i want to fix that oh my god but i just i don't know i just later learned to just i have to let it go because i would drive myself insane i would drive my nurses insane i would not have any nurses because they wouldn't be able to function like me Mm. you know mm. yeah what a massive surrender oh my god it's a huge upgrade in your capability in your mental capabilities to be able to let go of such a big pattern well you think that is difficult but my lesson i believe the reason why i'm paralyzed i knew when i woke up in that hospital i laughed after i was grateful to be alive i looked up and i just laughed like not in a bad way, just laughed at God like, ha ha, you really have a sense of humor. Because I was that woman running around doing four to five things at once, and I had way too much pride to ask you to execute something for me. Because by the time I tell you to do something, I could already have done it, and done it the way I want it done, and probably better than what you would execute. Mm -hmm. So that was who I was. Mm -hmm. So when I got paralyzed, mm -hmm. I knew like, this is it, like I have to surrender because I can't even get up and get myself my own glass of water. Mm. So now I'm forced to have people take care of me, like actually do things for me. You know how hard that is? Yeah, for someone that wants to do it all yourself. Yeah, yeah right, so yeah. It's huge. I know. So do, so do you meditate or are, are there specific practices? Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds that I do, but I have a, de a deep connection with God, whatever you wanna label God, Buddha, Allah. Mm that higher power and it's just a constant channel a constant conversation throughout the day and the night but i'm a night owl so when i'm laying there in bed um, a lot of my um, messages and my conversations happen at night and meditating i don't know if you know krishnamurti but you could be like washing dishes and you're meditating we could be sitting here and mm. watching a sunset and you're meditating so um mm. meditating and chanting depending if I'm in a lot of pain, there's certain chants that I say from within. Meditating-wise, if there's certain things I need to manifest or pray for others or whatever, like there's just different types that I do, depending. Your relationship to pain is is phenomenally advanced. If you can, if you're saying you're in this much pain right now, yeah. but you can maintain, yeah, just it's so presence. bad right now. 
Uh, it's the, so bad that I have a pounding headache right now and it's stabbing me in my back. And um, you can see I cross my arms yeah. and I push down. And a lot of quads do this to like stabilize themselves. But um, I do it too to bring the blood pressure up. But um, thank God for being a martial artist before my accent. So my pain tolerance was already very high. But um, I was just explaining this yesterday on my Instagram. I did a live with this young lady who just got injured three months ago. She's just turned 18 years old and she had this beautiful video on, I'm so gonna get so emotional because it was so raw and so mm. real. And she was just looking at Instagram world saying, for all everyone out there who always thinks that I'm happy. And she's like trying not to cry. She's like, I'm not. She's like, right now I am in the most excruciating pain. She's like, my legs are on fire. My butt is like pins and needles. And she's like, I don't know when it's gonna end. This is the third day and it's driving me nuts. So she just got injured. So she's now feeling this nerve pain. Like when veterans go to war and they get their limbs cut off, they call it like the phantom pain where it's like the pins and needles, you know, whatever, and it gets mm -hmm. amplified. But anyways, so back to what you're saying is that I, I, I reached out to this girl and I left a comment and I told her, I said, I know exactly what you're going through. And I said, do you meditate? Do you chant? Do you do anything? I said, reach out to me and I'll, I'll help you. So, um, so we nice. did a live and I basically told her it's not going to go away. Okay. I said, I know it sounds awful, but I told her, I said, are you taking any medication? And she said, yeah, the doctors had her on two types of medication and it's not helping. And I told her that I have friends that are either doped up on a bunch of medication or they're doing marijuana or mm. they completely try to numb it all away, but they still can't. They're so drugged where half the time they can't even function mm. and they're in just excruciating pain. So I told her, I said, this is gonna sound crazy, but you're gonna have to embrace it. You're gonna have to make a choice. You're either gonna ignore it and hate it and label it and give it energy and be pissed at it, but that's not gonna do you any good. Or you're gonna have to surrender to it, embrace it and realize it's a part of you now. Because the thing with pain is when you're in a normal, what's normal, when you're in an able-bodied, when you're in a body that's not paralyzed, you're not feeling the pins and needles, like before my accident when I didn't feel it, it's, I don't feel any pins and needles. I don't feel stabbing, I don't feel pain, right? And then now that there's something foreign going on with my body, I'm like, oh my God, it's burning, it's burning. I'm like sitting on a barbecue grill. So if I sit there and give it energy, I'm gonna be so annoyed, so aggravated, so pissed, like my whole day is just gonna be ruined. Consume you. Totally. But now it's there, it's a part of me. So now I've triggered my mind to understand that that is always going to be a part of my body now and is no longer pain. It's just a part of me. The pins and needles, the stabbing, the annoying feeling, the burning, like all of that, the electricity, it's a part of me. It's not pain anymore. So it's like mind over matter. It's incredibly does powerful. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but it's a, a phenomenal it's thing that crazy. I can't fully comprehend. So I, 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 of course, because she's newly injured, I shared with her. I said, okay, holistic stuff, you know, here's some homeopathic things. I told her about hypothyroid hypericum to arnica and then i told her about certain herbal teas i told her to stay away from caffeine because if people knew what caffeine did to their nerves they wouldn't drink it because it's insane it like amplifies it and makes your body burn like heck mm. and then um i taught her a very simple meditation technique to uh basically just go back into her body because that's the other thing when people are in pain they come out of their body they detach they numb their body so I told her, you have to get back into your body, get back connected to it. And then I said, do you believe in God? And she said, yes. I said, okay, so this is easier for me. I said, to visualize this white light, whatever color you see it healing, like green, blue, maybe like water. See it coming from the heavens down, entering the top of your cranium. I said, going in. I said, visually see your nerves like all fire and see this white light just, or water, like cooling, going over it calming them, making them go down, like talk to your body. 
So that's and that works. Yeah. Wow. So I said it's it's not going to be easy at first, but the more and more you do it every single day, every single day, every single day, eventually it'll be a piece of cake where once you need to tap into it, you just close your eyes and then boom, 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 you're there and then okay. And then some days it's not going to go away. It's going to annoy the hell out of you, but you know you just go through it. I think that's why I just tend to be very busy all day, just going. Mm. So it's like um, the best way I explain it to her is that annoying twitch in your eye <laughs> that you feel all day, which is a lack of magnesium. But when you lay in bed and it's all silent and it's pitch black, and it's like amplified. <laughs> that's how my pain is. So at night, everything's amplified because I'm laying still. Oh, wow. <sighs> Yeah. How do you how do you go to sleep? I don't. I just do social media, thank God, and I wait for that window of being completely tired that I turn the phone off and then I just knock out. Whoa. Yeah. So I don't take medication, all that stuff for it. But is there yeah. any kind of plant medicine or psychedelics that like even microdose and psilocybin or any of these things? Because I had on a pre couple of podcasts ago a guy that had. Um, the worst type of headaches you can get the cluster headaches yeah and he's and he just experimented with microdosing and so they usually last two or three weeks every year or two yeah um after the first the first day of one and so it was meant to go for another three weeks he had a microdose yeah. psilocybin then the next day it didn't come and it didn't come again for the rest of that period so so the, there's and he's just experimenting with that. So there's obviously a lot of power in some plant medicine. Yeah. And, and, I, and I have very little understanding of it. But Okay, so here's another thing that's kind of crazy. So when you're in the rehab facility and you have a pounding headache, they tell you not to take aspirin. Because here's the other flip side to it. So because I can't feel completely, or most people can't feel when they're paralyzed, we have a thing called autonomic dysreflexia, which is now the best way I could describe it without getting all scientific and medical, is that the body still feels pain. Like if I'm sitting on a rock or something or a pebble under my butt, yep. and that could turn into a pressure sore if I'm sitting on it all day. So my body will send signals to me like a pounding headache, or my blood pressure will skyrocket, or it'll drop, or I'll get chills, or there's all these little symptoms that happen. So when I do get the pounding headache, I don't want to numb it because it's signaling to me that something's going on in my body. Gotcha. So because of that, I have to understand there's a headache and then start process of elimination. Is it my bra? Is it my shoelace? Is it my underwear? Is it what is pinching me right now that's causing this pressure? Yeah. Wow, so you, that's crazy, yeah. amazing. So that's how you're aware of your body, what's going on. Well, that's, yeah. I can understand that. We've got to really listen to our body for t it telling us what, what's what's up yeah yeah <laughs> but um so that forces you to be really in tune with it yeah. so even even some marijuana doesn't soften the inflammation or well, i've had friends that i've never like full-on like gone and like smoke pot but i have friends that smoke it they'll be around me or whatever and um well not the active ingredients so that's active where you get like oh the stuff the to relax is it mtc or yeah yeah yeah, yeah that or i've had um i i had it to a point where i, well, I remember i went in bed and my nurse was like, wow, your leg is like so limp. Like it's, there's no spasm. It's so relaxed. But um, it's funny because I was at a party, not a party, it was an event. And my foot was like pissed at me. It was like kept like flying off of my plate and it did not want to stay still for the whole two hours. And my girlfriend was like, look, you could do this thing. You could puff on it. It's not going to get you high, mm. but it'll take the pain away. Mm. And so I was like, all right, what do I do? She's like, just drag it like a cigarette. So I was like, and I was vaporizer. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a vaporizer. Yeah. And I did it again. And I was like, and I, I was like, give it to me. I did like five huge puffs. My foot just kept, it kept doing it. I felt a little bit of the numbness, the tingling going away. But instead of like pins and needles, it's, it just felt like cotton candy. Okay. It just wasn't as extreme. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So how, and, but do you know how much dosage, was it as high doses of it? Is it MTC? I can't remember the name. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's, no. it's the healing anti-inflammatory ingredient too. Yeah, I marijuana. know. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, anyway, so the, yeah, it might, it, might have, it might have helped a bit, but yeah. I just, I just zen it. That's mm. it. Mm. Well, that's, that's a fucking powerful <laughs> rock and roll way to do it. <laughs> So it's not so bad because it's not like every day is so bad because 
Like right now the pins and needles are there and I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's 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 phenomenal thing that you've been through and your 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 mindset and stuff. How often are the you channeling the spirits, you know, or how how often do they speak to you? Do you, do you sit in oh. conversation with them, or is there anything now that they're saying about this? Or they're always around me. I know that I have. It's so funny because I've gone to certain healers or clairvoyant individuals that I've worked with, um, and it's always interesting to hear what they say. Because I never say anything, whether I have guides or whatever. So uh, one time we had a gentleman that came here who was very clairvoyant. And he was doing a session. And there was a circle of us. And he was just talking. All of a sudden he just turned and looked at me like a horror movie. And I was like looking at him. He's like, she has a spirit. She's the only one in here that has a spirit guide that's with her. And he does not like us all being here right now. And I was like, oh my God. And I freaked out. Like, I don't want some evil like spirit. But it wasn't that. My spirit was mad because these people like came in the house and they were like making a mess and whatever, whatever. And but um, I know my guides are there to protect me. Uh, and I know two of them saved me during that car accident because one of my other healers had had told me what she had seen in the accident. And of course, when I crossed over, when she told me the description, when I crossed over, that gentleman that I saw with with me, that being, that white being. Whether he was an angel there or maybe he was my guide, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Mm. But um, to answer your question, like what, always there, yeah. always there. It's that one that there's. I have a lot of them. So, but they're you know again, um, you know I don't know what you believe in what people, but if you have a loved one that passed away, I mean you're supposed to like release them and let them be in the astral world and heaven and everything. But every now and then I'll pray and I'll pray to my grandfather or my grandmother or digitally I'll see like 1111 or 111 or 222 or mine is is 1221. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other story. But mm-hmm. um, if it's something where I'm asking a question, whether some guys want to know who's going to be the MMA winner for this weekend, I'll just like look and then my guy will whisper to me and then I, I hear it there in my ear. So he's or he'll just tell me something. He'll say it every now and then, or I'll ask him. It's just, yeah. So to answer your question, always there. Always there. Does that, is that the, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, okay? Yeah, totally, totally. I was like, I go on a tangent, but I bring it back. Yeah, so. and no, it's lovely. I love yeah. the tangent. Okay, it, 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 okay. Feel, it fills the picture up. Okay. And who is going to win this weekend with McGregor? Yeah, who's <laughs> fighting? It's McGregor and, and who? And this Russian guy. I, I have to see name. them. I don't even know. what's. You have to tell me their names. Um, Because that, that's kind of hard because I don't really care for McGregor. I didn't say that. <laughs> Are you biased? you got to listen to the guys. But that's the problem. If you like another team, it'll, it can get confusing because if you get too much in your head, You'll get the answer, but then you second never second guess yourself. Always go with the first right. instinct of what you feel. The That's, qu- yeah. The quiet, the quiet voice, the quiet note. Yes. Okay. So who are the fighters? It's it's McGregor versus or Conor McGregor versus. I can't say his surname, but his first name is Kab Kabib. Let me see. Let me see the guys. K Kabib. Yeah, Kabib versus Conor. Kaviv and Connor. Oh my God. Oh geez. It's going back and forth. Is it? Yeah. Because I'm biased. So that's why I'm like, okay, what am I feeling here? You want Connor to lose. No, I don't hate the guy. I don't hate him. Hmm. And I got to see how this guy, how this guy is. But I don't know. Connor's really strong. Mm. I don't know. Okay, I'll have to call you and let you know on that one. Yeah, Because nice. I'm all in my head right now. Yeah, Go yeah, watch yeah, tonight, yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah, tonight yeah, I'll yeah. text you, I'll be like, by the poolside with a glass of wine, it's going to hit me, bam. And I was like, Jeremy, come in, he's going to win. Or whatever, you'll be like, what? Huh? He's like, Aunt, are you drunk right now? No, no. Okay, I just quieted yeah. my mind. So I know, I right? Yeah. It's like, I had to have a glass of wine. It's like, quiet my mind here. Oh, God. Yeah, don't come near Aunt on a dance floor when I had some wine, because I'll start reading people left and right myspace days that's how i had a lot of myspace friends because i'd go out to the club and i because you know most of the time i i that stuff freaks me out like 
sometimes when I get messages and stuff, because you mm. don't you don't want to always be going in your day and getting messages. Mm. So you put this huge thick wall up. But the moment I have a glass of red wine or whatever, the walls just come down. You're open and I'm dancing there. And then you start feeling people's energy and you're just like, whoa. And then you don't want to say anything because you don't want to freak people out. But um, yeah, I'll just be like, oh, you need to call your mom. And they're like, what? I'm like, I know you're fighting with your mom. And, da, 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 da. and they're like, oh my God, I can tell you so many stories. I want you to do that for me now. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> can you read me? I could probably read you. I'm you not going to you... read you right now. <laughs> yeah, I can read you. I'm going to read you right now. Yeah. The gentleman that was on your thing, he was pretty impressive. The empath. Yes, David. Wow. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, he's like, yeah. my friend Donna, she feels like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you guys called her, she's like, yeah, I'm feeling kind of, eh. Yeah. Lethargic, whatever. Yeah. I think what she said was like lethargic or something. Yeah, like, yeah she said one word that was the identical. exact word that um, he said. Melancholy. Yes. Yeah. I was like, wow. That, yeah. was, that was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I've met some amazing oh channelers gosh. after him. Wow. It blows my mind. And someone channeled Jesus for me for about 40 minutes the other day. I had a conversation between me and Christ consciousness. Are you serious? This, this woman in New York. You have York. that on your Instagram? No, I just that was just private. <laughs> that was just, wow. That was just a... Yeah, I'm still letting it marinate because it's one of those... Th these kind of experiences, I find that you really want to let marinate into your yeah. body without anyone giving feedback on before you let them be what they yes, are because yes, it, I, I even understand. shared it with one person who doesn't have that, that kind of understanding of things and the critical mind comes in and it kind of spoils the the potency of the message because yeah. it is a real it's a sacred downline no, of course of yeah yeah like a lot of the times um the same with me when messages come through and I'm reading someone half the time I don't remember what I say to them because one, if I was to hold on to all of that, mm. my brain would be just so cluttered, you know? <laughs> so, oh my God, I, I remember one time, this was before my car accident. I was with my girlfriend. We were at a restaurant drinking some sangria. It was like this Spanish restaurant. And, you know, you get the like the chills in the back of your neck or on your arms. But this time I got chills from my ankles all the way up my legs, all the way up to like my neck. And I got so detailed and so on point that I was talking about her angel from when she was a child to the rings that they gave to each other and what was engraved inside of them. I had no idea. I was like telling her all this stuff. And then of course later, like a week later, she's like, don't you remember? You told me that it. And I'm like, I don't remember what I said to you, but I, yeah, I believe you. Like, yeah. Beautiful. You know? So just. You just let it flow. You don't judge it like the Connor and Khabib. But um, yeah, so anyways. <laughs> it's so phenomenal, isn't it? When you open yourself, your senses up to this unknown realm, this intangible ether. Like psychedelics do it for people that yeah. meditation does it. Yeah. Sometimes it just happens spontaneously. Yeah. But we know that we can access expanded, more expanded states of consciousness and i.e. more, more expanded dimensions of reality that's that whole world i'm so fascinated i know right because, same here we can talk all night we can talk all night yes. about it because there's so much going on in there and there's it's it's everyone has subjective experiences subjective teachings connected with it but the objective objectively there's a similar realm you know <laughs> that's what's phenomenal and the thing is that keeps screaming at me is that everybody has it they all can do it yes you know i always say to people that when you come into this world everyone has it it's the same way when you hear kids like having their imaginary friends and things like that but then as we get older we become clouded or distracted or social media or whatever mm. that we start turning off those portions that where we can tap it mm. and then of course the people who tap into it and focus on it that tend to be labeled as weirdos or whatever or, mm. you know they they just it's just like a, it's like a muscle you know mm. you don't use you don't use it you lose it you use mm. it you lose it you, mm. yeah you don't use it you lose it yeah, yeah. that's it yeah. but um you can tap into it and uh i was gonna say something else to you i can't remember now <laughs> was it a channel was it an angel no. saying something no. <laughs> like no but i had an, I had an experience in saint lucia where um a lady channeled spirits and she was we were, she had the stones and then she was saying she could see these angels around me playing around me oh my god and wanting to speak to me and at one point they moved um 
this is this is the, this only time my body's been physically moved by a spirit. What? Um, but what? My 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 left arm came up like this, and then just moved across like this, and then just kind of dropped. Okay, that's freaky. And, that and, and, would have freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was like an energy came yes, over and pulled yes. it. Yes, And then I was like, I, I know you what you're doing, <laughs> and I could see you doing it. And it was kind of it was it was a a baby version of like. I'm um, showing me you're there then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and it did it. And then it, it did the exact same thing like 10 minutes later. Um, just to, sh- to, and you to, didn't to, freak to, out. No, I was, I was, they're charming. They're charming, beautiful angels and they're wow. playful as anything. Yeah, they're like, like dolphin spirits or something. Yeah. And the second time it was to show me that, that see, I, I can do it again if I want. It kind of like I'm there, like the fact that I can do it again and, gives you a repetitive experience that that wasn't just a freak phenomenon yeah. that was something i just did to yeah. you yeah. <laughs> was, oh my gosh <laughs> it's beautiful when you connect you just it, you feel so blissful and tranquil like all those kind of sensations when you're in these kind of expanded states of being and it makes you just want to bring that energy into your 3d experience yeah, you know our, our immediate experience and, and we all have it but that's what you're doing, and that's what I find so phenomenal in, with your journey. That you're such I, an embodiment not, of that. I'm not doing it on a level that a lot of people like. They really like, whoosh, like what just. But given you, but given your challenges, like the, I, I think it's it's super beautiful and incredible where you, the embodied state you're in right now. Thank you. In comparison to people, because it it's kind of the degree to which we're challenged is the the degree to which we embody greater states of being mm-hmm. really you know like you, the more, more highly evolved you are is directly related to the intensity of the challenge yeah, yeah that yeah, you've yeah. adapted to yeah yeah that so, i agree so because i have been through a lot like and that's the other thing like i when i said that i got paralyzed i'm like oh paralysis is nothing because when i was young i was molested when i was like six and a half seven mm-hmm. and then at 17 i was raped and then in and out of like bad relationships, verbal, physically abusive, that I was just like, that's it, that's enough. So what's so crazy, it was when I was 14, in my first abusive relationship, when he, that guy punched me so hard in my eye, he cracked my skull. But I remember saying to myself like, this is part of my journey. Like I said this to myself, like this is a part of my journey, but this is just gonna make me stronger. Of course I got out of the situation. Every time I tried to break up with this guy, he would get violent. Because he didn't, you know, it's one of those, if I can't have you, nobody can have you, you know. But um, I had to leave the island. I had to leave Guam to get rid of, to get rid, get away from him. But uh, so when I got paralyzed, thank goddess that I was with my ex-husband at the time. Because at that time, he had taught me, he had introduced to me one guru, Krishnamurti. But I was that woman that was always focusing on the future and sweating the small stuff and such an overachiever that I, if I didn't gain or achieve my goals, I would beat myself up. So he taught me to live within the moment, you know, not in the past, not in the future, whatever, to be in the moment. And so now I just take each day as it comes and I just focus my energy on just staying positive and being open to all that I have to learn and experience just so I can continue to evolve into the utmost being that I possibly can before I leave, you know? So I think if people just understand that, that whatever they're going through is not permanent, it's only temporary, then it just makes things easier. Because every time I'm faced with an obstacle, like right now I've got so much stuff going on in my life that's like, I said to the universe two nights ago, I was laying there like, really? What are you testing me for? What is going on? Why is this all happening? And I'm like, all right, all right, we got it. I'm gonna do it. And it's just, I just know it's just going to make me stronger, you know? So I know it's for a reason. And I always find the goodness in it of why it's happening. Why am I being tested? So I find it and then I just go for that mm-hmm. instead of finding the negative and beating that up. You know what I mean? It's a super Ugh. advanced adaptability function of your mind. Yeah. Because because this quick you can shift towards what's this teach me? How can I grow? How can I evolve? What can I learn from this? And the less time you spend on why me, what, what, why me, or the, you know, I suppose the victim mode or, yeah. or the, I can't deal with this. 
you're you're wasting precious time of expanding exactly exactly <laughs> and that's why when i got in the car accident it's that i tell you jeremy i was laying there and i know myself so well because i wasn't the woman that i am today i wasn't all positive like this i mean i wasn't evil or anything but i was very rebellious i hung out with the wrong crowd and i wasn't afraid of death like i you know like in a sense of in a bad way like you know i was just thrasher chick hanging out with the wrong crowd whatever whatever but <laughs> Because I know my dark side, everybody has a dark side, okay? Mm. When you go to that, the down, the depths of the like depressed and just giving up and whatever, it's like so dark. Like that person is just like, I beat myself up so much and it was just dark. Mm. So when I got paralyzed and I was laying in that bed, I knew I had to make a choice right then and there, either to go down the positive path or the negative path. And I knew if I went down that negative path, nobody would be able to bring me back. That was it. Nobody, not even myself. So that's why I picked the positive path because I can't waste any energy. I have to just suck it up. I'm paralyzed, okay, but I'm living. I'm here for a reason and uh, I'm gonna get through it. And I focused on that vision that I had that morning when I woke up and I just picked up my life, went for it, and I never looked back. So, yeah. Fuck, man. Gives <laughs> me so, goosebumps. It's... But the thing is, Jeremy, I think it's because I beat myself up so much and I want to cry because I was so mean to myself. Like that person inside, your worst enemy. And I read those journals of what I would say to myself. It was just so bad. Mm -hmm. And it's so awful and just so... It doesn't do anything. It's just so negative, mm. you know? And so I don't ever want to feel that again. I don't ever want to get there again. I never want to feel that. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Mm. Like to be so depressed and to feel you have nowhere to turn, to be in darkness, to just feel you want to just die and kill yourself. Like, oh, you know? Like, mm. Thanks but you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, though, totally right? Yeah, totally. You know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah so who yeah. the hell wants to go there? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> so yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> there well, you go. I can't even speak highly oh enough gosh. of my of my admiration and love of your rapid evolution. It's it's a phenomenal thing to witness and to experience and to hear directly. Like just the degree to which you've adapted and evolved in the most progressive way you could possibly imagine so but the thing is jeremy everybody has that choice they do you know? yeah that's the thing and if you know yourself so well you just make that choice for yourself and then just don't turn back and just go for it and you're not gonna know all the answers you're not gonna know what to do but just go with the flow be guided and trust you know <laughs> so yeah and like people like yourself you know, it's like you meet people for a reason. You learn your lessons. You have your higher and ascended masters that come to you. You just have to pay attention and just makes the journey a little bit easier. Hmm. But yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing your journey and Thanks. being so vulnerable and opening. Thank you. Thank you.